Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And yes, you could look up that a baby aged 7 to 12 months of age needs 11 milligrams of iron a day, but I hesitate to give parents that advice. Iron absorption is very nuanced, and I think it's more important to understand what are the foods that have iron and how can we safely feed those to baby, and then you can make a few tweaks to increase the baby's absorption of that iron. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. This is Katie Ferraro. I'm a registered dietitian and a mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. And today I'm going to do a little nutrition nerd out with you talking about iron because I know it's a mineral, a nutrient that is of concern to you guys. But today I'm going to teach you three easy ways to boost your baby's iron absorption. Now, why does iron matter? Well, your baby got a big boost of iron at the tail end of pregnancy, but that iron starts to run out or the stores tend to dissipate as we approach the six month mark. So the weaning foods that we're introducing as your baby's learning how to eat, those are the foods that should contain iron. They don't all have to be iron foods. I'll teach you about how to balance it, but we want to just keep iron top of mind. So that's why today we're talking about three easy ways to boost your baby's iron absorption. As I do in every episode, I want to start you out with a baby led weaning tip of the day. And you guys, your baby does not need to eat iron fortified foods or cereals to ensure that he or she is getting enough iron. Yes, you are welcome to include iron fortified foods if you want to, but I don't want you to feel pressured to do that because my goal here today is to show you a variety of ways that you can increase your baby's iron absorption from naturally occurring sources of iron. Iron deficiency is serious. It is a little more widespread than you might think, and certainly it's the most common micronutrient deficiency around the world, but there are lots of ways to offer your baby iron from foods, and you don't have to rely on supplements or fortified foods if you don't want to, and in this episode, I'm going to show you how. And hang tight, because I'm also going to share with you the easiest way to know if your baby is actually getting enough iron because I don't want you to be guessing, right? There are easy, affordable ways to analyze what we call the estimated hemoglobin concentration in the blood. I'll talk to you a little bit about hemoglobin, 
how we can test for it, how we can talk to our pediatricians about testing to ensure that we are offering our baby enough iron and also maybe employing some of these tips to help the baby absorb iron. Because all the iron in the world in your diet doesn't matter if your body can't absorb it, right? So I'll explain how you can know if your baby has enough hemoglobin, which is an indicator of iron status. Now, I do want to mention a quick story about my own daughter, Hannah, who had low iron at her 12-month checkup. So I have seven kids. Hannah is one half of my boy-girl twins. She's actually number seven, did baby lead weaning from six months of age. We did not do any fortified foods. She was getting a combination of breast milk and formula. So formula, of course, she was getting iron in that as infant formula is almost entirely iron fortified. Uh, In very rare cases, you may be required to take a formula that does not have iron, but your typical iron formulation out there or formula formulation if that's even a thing, uh, does contain iron. So with other babies, I had had instances of maybe they would check the hemoglobin at the doctor's office at like the nine month or the 12 month checkup. It might be a little bit low. I'll talk to you about what the normal values are. I would always ask for a redraw because I didn't believe it. I'm feeding my baby all these iron rich foods. They would squeeze a little more blood. The second reading would come back within normal limits. So um, in many cases, I always tell parents, if the iron does come back low, ask for a redraw because sometimes you leave feeling like, oh my gosh, my baby's iron's low. But um, in many cases, it's that second draw with the blood a little bit deeper down that will give you their true reading. So when Hannah, my daughter came back um, at 12 months, I asked for the doctor to do it three times. He was so annoyed. I have a good relationship with my pediatrician seven kids in but he's like oh you're the mom that asks for the iron blood draw every single time you come in I was like I do because I want to know if the foods that I'm feeding my baby are helping her meet her iron needs so in our office most uh, bodies would say agree they like to see a hemoglobin at 11 grams per deciliter so 11 is kind of the magic number and Hannah three times came back below 10 so the value I finally accepted was her reading was 9.4 so lower than 11 and I remember feeling terrible. Like, what was I doing wrong? I mean, was I feeding her the wrong foods? No, I knew that wasn't the case. At 12 months of age, Hannah was eating three solid food meals per day. I was including um, iron-rich foods like meats and vitamin C foods to help her absorb that iron. We were having plant-based iron, but animal foods. And anyway, long story short, I ended up declining the recommendation for the pediatrician to do iron drops or iron supplements, which many parents choose to, and that's fine. I personally chose not to because Hannah had also struggled with constipation. The constipation was making her not eat so well. Not wanting to eat so well was making her not eat the iron-rich foods I was offering. So I felt that offering her iron supplements would further constipate her and then exacerbate this problem. So we decided to do a food-based approach to increasing her iron. And I did a whole three-month kind of, I called it her low iron baby boot camp. And the half-life of hemoglobin is 120 days. So that's about four months. But over the course of the next three to four months, I ended up offering her a series of higher iron foods in conjunction with vitamin C foods. I have an entire write-up on this. I did a like mega blog post on it. If you guys want to read it, I'll link to it in the show notes. If you go to blwpodcast.com slash 21, you can read about the way that I used food to help bump her iron back up at her 15, but it was really more like 16 month checkup. Her iron levels had gone back into the normal range. So it's 
I tell you this long-winded story that I said was going to be short because I just want you to know it's not the end of the world if your baby's iron levels come back a little bit low. You don't have to throw baby lead weaning out the window and start beefing your babies up on iron-fortified rice cereal. There's lots of other naturally occurring sources of iron that can help you do that. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma. But therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So if iron is new to you or the concept is new to you, it's simply a mineral that's found in every cell of the body. And it's, we call it an essential mineral in nutrition, meaning your body, you need to be eating it from outside sources. Your body is magical and can make a lot of important nutrients, but it can't make enough iron. You need to eat iron from the diet. And iron is a part of hemoglobin, which is a part of your red blood cells. So why do we need iron? Well, We've got to make the oxygen-carrying proteins called hemoglobin and myoglobin. Hemoglobin was the one that our pediatrician checks in the office, and Hannah's hemoglobin came back a little bit low. There, with regards to iron, there's many different factors. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So the risk for deficiency is if your baby is born preterm. So if you have a preemie baby, they didn't make it to the tail end of pregnancy to get that big chunk of iron from their mom, right? So in that case, the baby may be at lower or higher risk rather for iron deficiency. Same thing if your baby is low birth weight. If mom has low iron status, that can affect the baby's iron status as well. Not always, but a lot of women, moms, et cetera, have struggled with iron uh, over the years. Um, Certainly there's much greater prevalence of iron with pregnancy. A lot of that is due to the increased blood volume associated with pregnancy. But um, in the United States, we know that about 12% of infants age 6 to 11 months don't have adequate iron intake. So we sometimes focus on foods like fruits and vegetables, which can be soft and easy to feed babies, but they're not iron rich. So the point of today's episode is I want you guys to walk away with tangible information to help offer your baby foods that do contain iron. And it's not just in infancy that we're worried because while 12% of infants in the U.S. age 6 to 11 have inadequate iron intake, 8% of toddlers have iron deficiency as well. Your baby's brain is still growing. Other parts of their body are still developing. Iron plays an essential role in so much of that development, but particularly with regards to cognitive development. So iron deficiency anemia in infants, it can cause cognitive and physiological problems like delayed attention and social withdrawal. And some of that can be irreversible. So I tell you this not to scare you, but just to stress the importance of making sure that the weaning diet does contain iron. Parents will inevitably ask, how much iron does my baby need? If you look at the guidelines, a 
baby seven to 12 months of age needs 11 milligrams of iron. But I hesitate to even tell parents numbers of milligrams. I don't want you to get caught up in the numbers of this. I want you to learn how to introduce iron rich foods, not to focus so much on the numbers, but reading labels is helpful. Um, Iron recommendations are very nuanced because there are a lot of different factors that affect absorption rates. But in general, it helps to know what sources of food contain iron. So there's two types of iron, heme iron and non-heme iron. Heme iron comes from animal foods. Non-heme iron comes from plant foods. We know that the iron, the heme iron found in animal foods is better absorbed by the body than the iron found in plant foods. But there are certainly ways to put together vegetarian or predominantly plant-based diets that do meet a baby's iron needs. But for the sake of this episode, I will be focusing on the animal foods because they contain heme iron, which is better absorbed by the body. So heme iron, we say that um, the non-heme is not as well absorbed. Heme is better absorbed, but having vitamin C foods in the diet will help your body absorb or help the baby's body rather absorb iron from all of the sources of iron that they're eating. Okay, there are plant-based sources of iron, and we'll focus on those in a separate episode. Things like dried beans, dried fruits, iron-fortified cereals. Um, Parents ask, you know, if you do baby-led weaning, does that mean you don't do cereal? Well, you can do it if you want to, but you can also offer your baby safe versions of other foods that do contain iron, like poultry, dark red meat, oysters, salmon, tuna, whole grains. Liver is a great one. Uh, Red meat, especially beef. So let's talk about If we're focusing on iron foods and you're going to take the time to offer your baby these foods, why don't we do it in a manner that actually helps increase iron absorption? So I have three easy tips for you for boosting your baby's iron absorption. I mentioned vitamin C foods. It is well established that eating vitamin C containing foods helps the body absorb the iron that you're getting from other sources. Now, you're likely aware of some vitamin C foods, right? Citrus, so oranges and lemons and grapefruits. Tomatoes are a good source of vitamin C. Strawberries, potatoes are incredibly high in vitamin C, as are other fruits and vegetables like, let's say, bell peppers. Those are wonderful foods because they contain vitamin C, but you'll note everything on that vitamin C list doesn't really have any iron. But we eat the vitamin C containing foods because it's the vitamin C in those foods that helps the baby's body absorb iron from the other sources. So if you just needed a reminder as to why we promote a variety of foods that your baby eats, it's because some foods give something valuable, like let's say you're serving egg yolks, which egg yolk is a good source of iron. If you offer alongside some orange slices, The vitamin C in the orange slices will actually help your baby's body absorb more of the iron from the egg yolk than it would have without the vitamin C containing food. Early on, the first two months of baby led weaning, I recommend starting with single solitary foods. However, when your baby hits about the eight or nine month mark and really starts jamming with solids, everything's kind of clicking. You're ready to drop a milk feed. They're engaged and eager to eat at mealtime. You move into combination foods. When you think about foods to prepare, don't forget to do a variety of foods. Sometimes we get a little lax on, hmm, did I offer an iron food? A great example of a way to do this is something like chili. Okay, chili is not a food that I feed to an early eater because they might not have had meat yet. They might not have had, they can't pick up the kidney beans. They may not have been exposed to tomatoes yet. Do single isolated foods for the first few weeks. But when your baby is a little bit older, 
chili is a great food. Think about, let's say, a chili recipe with beans in it. My husband is from Texas. He hates that I put beans in my chili. He thinks chili should be all meat. I think chili should be all vegetables. We meet somewhere in the middle where we make chili with ground beef or ground turkey and with kidney beans and tomatoes. So kidney beans, all legumes, are a good source of plant-based iron. The meat is a good source of iron, which is the heme iron. The tomatoes in the recipe, in the chili recipe, those contain vitamin C, which can help the baby's body absorb the iron from the other sources. And we usually will serve chili over an enriched macaroni product. So enriched, meaning that it's had some nutrition added back to it, namely iron. There's more iron there. Now that might be like an example of an iron overkill meal, but you get the idea how the combination foods can complement each other, right? The vitamin C from the tomatoes complementing the iron from the pasta, from the kidney beans, and from the meat in the chili recipe. So eating vitamin C containing foods is the first way that you can help increase your baby's iron absorption. The next one is a little bit, you might not have heard of this, but cooking in a cast iron skillet. Now a cast iron skillet, some of you might have one of these. Hopefully it's well-seasoned. Maybe it's passed down from generations. You don't have a cast iron skillet. They're a great thing to get like at a thrift store. You can usually find them there. Um, But there is a little bit of data to support the notion that cooking iron containing foods in a cast iron skillet actually increases the iron release from those foods. So there was one study from India that showed there was a 16% increase in the iron content of foods that was cooked in a cast iron skillet versus a Teflon pan. So your just typical run-of-the-mill non-stick pan. Um, Some of you may have heard of the product called Lucky Iron Fish. So Lucky Iron Fish is this iron ingot that's used in cooking in um, certain parts of the world where iron deficiency is more rampant. So I know personally I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Nepal after college. Iron deficiency is problematic there. Uh, Low reliance on animal foods. Um, Also, not a lot of variety in the foods, not a lot of vitamin C containing foods. And so I worked in a reproductive health program and we did education about iron and increasing iron absorption. And we had access to the lucky iron fish. So it's this in-home fortification system of iron transfer. It's been used in the research. It's been used most extensively in Cambodia, um, where anemia affects like 44% of women. Um, It has been used in studies in Nepal as well. And if you go on Amazon, you look up lucky iron fish. I'll also link to that in today's show notes. Again, that's at blwpodcast.com slash 21. That's for episode 21. You can check out the iron fish I don't use it in everyday cooking, but if I'm making soups or I'm making chicken broth, um, there's a a few certain recipes that you can use it for. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. One thing about the Lucky Iron Fish, it's just like this like heavy iron fish-shaped ingot thing you throw in your, um, your cooking for some recipes. It says don't use in babies under one. I've actually reached out to them and asked, you know, what's the supporting data? Is it dangerous in children under one? And they basically 
don't have any research that says you should not use it in babies under one. They said just to be on the safe side, we said don't use it in babies under one. So take that as you will. I certainly have used it uh, to cook foods for babies under one. It's hard to tell exactly what percent of an increase in iron absorption there might be, but for certain recipes, it doesn't harm anything. It doesn't taste any different. It's not, it's very easy to cook with. So it might be something worth checking out. So cook in a cast iron skillet is the second tip for how you can boost your baby's iron absorption. As an aside, maybe check out the Lucky Iron Fish. The third recommendation for how you can boost your baby's iron absorption is to eat animal foods. Now, I know many of us hear messages as adults to move towards a more plant-based diet with less reliance on animal foods. And as a registered dietitian, I am certainly in accordance with that. I agree that for the most part, if we could eat mostly plants from an environmental standpoint, from a cost standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint, the world might be a better place. However, I'm not a vegetarian. I do include animal foods in my family's diet, including in the diet of my babies when they're weaning off of breast milk or formula. And so eating those heme-containing animal foods like meat, fish, or poultry, along with plant-based sources, again, legumes, leafy greens have a little bit of iron in there, but to be honest, you would have to eat such large quantities that babies never would to recognize the same amount of iron as you get in very small quantities of animal foods that when a baby is learning how to eat, my recommendation always is if your family's not opposed to including animal foods in the diet, consider doing so in order to afford your baby the opportunity to have the heme-based iron at this important period in their life when the iron stores they got from their mom are starting to dissipate. So eating those animal foods, um, egg yolk is another good one to remember. Sometimes you see guidance that says lean meats. And if you actually look at the iron content of different meat foods, actually the fattier cuts of meat for the most part will have more iron. So I generally recommend to parents that you want to eat the fattier cuts of meat. Like for example, if you're doing chicken, do chicken wings, legs, or thighs, because the fattier cuts of meat contain more moisture. We know that dry meats are a choking hazard. So I don't care how good you are at cooking chicken breast or turkey breast. It's always going to be more dry than if you did legs, wings, or thighs, right? The fat equates to moisture. The moisture helps reduce choking risk, but also there's more iron per ounce in those darker cuts of meat than you would find in the lower fat one. So just another reason to stick, I think, for babies to the fattier cuts of meat if you can. So if you are interested in more information on how to safely feed your baby these variety of iron-containing foods because I know that meats are oftentimes a challenge for families. They're like, yes, I can get behind avocado, banana, and sweet potato, but whoa, you're saying on day four of baby-led weaning, you make your babies roast lamb? Absolutely. I have an entire workshop called Baby-Led Weaning for Beginners. It's all about how to get your baby to try 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. And everybody who's on that free online workshop gets a copy of my 100 first foods list. So you'll have an idea of which iron containing foods your baby can safely eat, plus the vitamin C ones to augment that baby's iron absorption. So if you want to sign up for the workshop, you can go to the show notes for this episode, blwpodcast.com slash 21. 
And I know sometimes iron can be confusing because babies absorb it at different rates. There are certain compounds in the diet that may increase absorption, other things that may inhibit iron absorption. The best way to know if your baby's getting enough iron is to ask your pediatrician, what tests do they do to screen for anemia? Because the American Academy of Pediatrics does recommend routine screening for anemia. If you're not feeding your baby iron-fortified baby foods, that's perfectly fine. And I do not believe that you are putting your baby at high risk, but it is something worth mentioning to the pediatrician. Hey, we're trying to do food-based sources of iron. We're offering safe, modified versions of, say, of real foods that babies can eat that have iron. We're not doing much in the way of fortified foods. And I'm curious as to whether the baby's iron levels are within the normal range. So the general rule of thumb, especially if you're at your... Typical pediatrician will have an in-office hemoglobin check. At my pediatrician's office, they use a device called the HemaQ. It's, I think it costs less than $1,000. They do a simple heel stick. Sometimes they'll do a finger stick to draw a little bit of blood out. They test it. It's an immediate response. If your baby's hemoglobin comes back at or above 11 grams per deciliter, you're doing well. Again, that number for hemoglobin is 11. This is consistent with the World Health Organization. They have hemoglobin thresholds to define anemia from infants who are six months up into kids who are less than five years. Um, So 11 is kind of the cut point. If any number ever comes back lower than levels, than 11 rather, a low hemoglobin level from a device such as the one featured in this episode, the one I mentioned, the HemaQ, which is just the one my own pediatrician uses, you should always follow that up with a venous lab test to confirm the results. If you want to read more about my own baby's course with low iron levels, there's a lot of videos in a, this blog post that I did showing how they check the iron and how the results come back, and then some information about how I altered feeding with baby led weaning once my baby turned 12 months of age because her iron levels were low. If I'll link to that episode or that blog post rather, it's called Low Iron Level Baby Boot Camp. And if you go to blwpodcast.com slash 21, the link to that blog post is there. I'll also share with you a link to the workshop that you can take as well as the other resources mentioned in this episode. So there you have it. Three easy ways to help boost your baby's iron absorption. Bye now. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.